Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I'm so thrilled about today's show. Dr. Dan Cohen is in the house. And we've got a special show planned for all of you today. For those of you that have heard Dr. Dan on the show before, you know, beyond being this amazing neurologist, inventor, author, um, how is it that he has been called to look at technology and look at personal and spiritual development and merge these together. And, you know, this is really a fabulous, fabulous conversation to think about the whole psycho-spiritual effect on what we do. And his technology uses the healing and psycho-spiritual effects of synchronized sounds, vibrations, electromagnetic fields, and how that interacts with us in our nervous system in what we're calling the Soltech chair. And beyond that, what is it we've discovered? What has he discovered about this that has been changing people's lives? You know, a lot of times we talk about, and you just heard Trisha Mitchell talk about this before. We talk about why some folks are able to heal and some folks have a harder time with it. And I know for me along the way, one of the things I discovered is that Sometimes we have layers and layers and layers and layers and layers to kind of get through. But what is it about the technology and the blending and the merging of science and technology that has changed so much for us? Dr. Dan, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here, Pat. Thank you. Now, we're going to be joined by Jack. He's joining us on the show today. Tell us a little bit about Jack Kelly, and then we'll bring him on. Well, I met Jack uh, several years ago. Uh, Jack uh, is a, uh, an addiction specialist. He, he works in the field of addiction and, and, and treating clients. And he and I met uh, because of this Soltec Lounge. He wanted a tool that could assist in helping people with their addiction problems, um, particularly really anchor in, ground, uh, become more relaxed. It's, you know, it, as, as I'm sure we all know, uh, addiction is a very complicated issue. However, there are certain fundamental aspects of addiction treatment that are um, pretty uniform. And, and we, it all starts, at, at some point with, can you help a person slow down? Can you help them understand where they're at, accept where they're at, and be willing to move forward? And as, you know, some of your listeners may be aware of, you know, the 12-step the program that, that you know, 
um, you know, many decades ago is certainly a, a proven technique that at its foundation is really spiritual. And when you, when you look at the different steps, and that dovetails beautifully into our technology, which has such a strong foundation in that arena and stimulates a person's spiritual self so that um, it's a natural accompaniment. And, um, and that's what I'm excited to listen to Jack talk about in terms of how he has retrofitted technology into a more traditional treatment regimen. Well, Jack, it's great to have you on the show. It's a, it's a delight to be on the show. Thank you for joining us here today. Um, I don't need to tell you about the latest statistics that are coming out uh, for North America right now. And I say North America because, you know, here in the United States, many, many, many bits of information, articles are being written today about addiction, recovery, and so forth and so on. Canada is a little bit, uh, how should I say it? They are just having their own awakening about what's going on in Canada. But either way, we're looking at North America, uh, North America the epidemic in North America. Uh, most of us cannot keep up with the statistics on this. And so right. I would love for you to share a bit about who you are and how you got to be in the service that you're in today. Um, I got to be in it uh, because I'm a, an alcoholic. I became a member of Alcoholics Anonymous in 1975. I grew up in an Irish neighborhood in New York City. We had about four bars in every block. So I never got involved with any drugs other than marijuana. And the reason I got involved with no other drugs is simply that nobody ever offered me any other drugs. I'm sure I would have taken anything that somebody put in front of me. Um, but if you take a look at, at what addiction really is, it's when we're doing something that we don't want to do and can't stop doing it. And in the case of alcohol, drugs, et cetera, it creates a great deal of pain and suffering, yeah. not only in our lives, but in the lives of the people that we love. And I think when, when Alcoholics Anonymous came along, or let me backtrack, before they came along, there were no treatment centers, there were detoxes, and if you showed up at a detox three times, the recommendation was to lock you up and throw the key away. So there wasn't much hope out there. So what Alcoholics Anonymous did was they brought a light to the end of this very dark tunnel. And I believe that the way that they did that was they had two primary goals. One, they were willing to go to any length to achieve victory over alcohol. They had the mentality of the Marines landing on Iwo Jima. They were not going to stop until they achieved victory. The second goal they had was that they were willing to go to any length to find a spiritual experience. So mm -hmm. let's go back to the first goal. Did they achieve victory? What they share with us in the book Alcoholics Anonymous is this. The problem has been removed. It doesn't exist for us. It's gone. And it stays gone. And here's the catch. So long as we stay in fit spiritual conditions. So how they stay in fit spiritual condition? They meditated every day. We have 12 steps in Alcoholics Anonymous, and if you take a look at what the 12 steps are, they are nothing more than 12 spiritual principles. Honesty, compassion, forgiveness, 
So I've been around people sometimes who say, I don't believe in the 12 steps. I think, what do you, what, what do you have against honesty? <laughs> what do you have against love and compassion? So that's what the 12 steps are. They're the spiritual principles, and they're the same spiritual principles you will find in Catholicism, Protestantism, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, and all the other isms. So what AA did was package it in such a way that we could start incorporating and practicing these principles in our lives. What has happened over the years is that the recovery power mindset that the original members of Alcoholics Anonymous had has been replaced with the recovery powerless mindset. Yeah. So many, at many meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous today, the message that people are getting is you're powerless over your addiction. It's step one of Narcotics Anonymous. You're never going to recover from it. It actually wants to kill you. As a matter of fact, it's out there doing push-ups, just waiting to take you out. That material, those ideas, don't appear anywhere in our recovery literature. So what has happened is that the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous have become filled with these myths. So I've written a book in 2012, Radical Recovery, 12 Recovery Myths, The Addiction Survivor's Guide to the 12 Steps. So one of the, the myths in there I mentioned is the fact we're, uh, we're powerless. It's, it's important to understand what the original members of Alcoholics Anonymous meant when they said we were powerless over alcohol. They did not say they were powerless over their addiction to alcohol. Two very different things. And after they set that goal of going to, willing to go to any length to achieve victory over alcohol and achieve victory, then the question comes, how can you achieve victory over something you're powerless over? And we do that by making a distinction between the substance and the addiction to the substance. We are not powerless over our addiction to any substance. According to the Bible, we are made in the image and likeness of God. And according to the Bible, it says that God gave us the power to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the animals that roam the planet, Mm-hmm. And included in that package is the power to rule over ourselves, the obsessive thoughts, the compulsive feelings, the physical cravings that create so much pain and suffering in our lives. So part of the reason that we have such a high failure rate is because of these myths that have replaced the truth. And one of the myths is that the steps should be taken in order. If the steps, the 12 steps will literally to be taken in order, then one should not do step 10, a daily inventory. <laughs> one should not do step 11, prayer and meditation. And one should certainly not help another alcoholic or drug addict until the, the first nine steps are completed. And that makes no sense whatsoever. First nine steps should be taken in order. They build on each other. So when you take a look at step one, Understanding what it is they were powerless over, I use a very simple analogy to explain it. And when I meet with somebody for the first time, I ask them, if I gave you 10 X-Lax bills right now, where would you be sitting in two hours? And they sit on the toilet. And I say, okay, well, think of it this way. You and I have a volcano inside us. It's quiet, it's dormant, and it's harmless until we put alcohol or drugs inside our body. Once we do that, the volcano erupts. This tsunami of cravings kicks in, and at that point, our brain gets hijacked. There's no access to rational thought. I can lose a job, a career, a marriage, a relationship, my driver's license, custody of my children. Once the cravings kick in, 
who has no access to that. I've said many times, I love you. I promise you, I'm never going to do it again. And I meant it every time I said it. Unfortunately, there's no access to that love when the cravings kick in because the cravings are more powerful than love. And what we lose in our addiction is that spiritual connection. So somebody can believe in Jesus and Buddha and Moses and all the great spiritual teachers, but once the cravings kick in, we lose the connection to that also. So if you take a look at the, the, the resources that we have available to us as human beings to solve the addiction problem, one is love. And it's said that love is the most powerful force in the universe, and it is not because the cravings, once they kick in, are much more powerful than love. We have this incredible mind that has enabled us to create all the technology of the last hundred years, uh, the ability to reason. But the ability to reason as far as I could lose a job, a career, a marriage, a relationship, doesn't work with addiction. If you take a look at religion, I think of religion as a candle, and it comes with custom, it comes with traditional, it comes with uh, certain beliefs. And many people who come into treatment have, quote, religion, but if you think of the candle, what they don't have is the wick. And the wick is spirituality, which is what the 12 steps are all about. And it's the wick that gives off heat. It's the wick that gives off light and energy. And without that, you have this candle, but it's not producing anything, any kind of energy or force. So what I have found when I met Dan is the whole goal is to have a spiritual experience. And what the lounge does is it awakens within the individuals that I work with that part of themselves that is much more powerful than their addiction. The reason that people come to treatment probably 90% of the time is due to some emotional imbalance. I was bored. I was angry. I was lonely. I was depressed. I wanted to change the way I felt, and I knew how to do that using alcohol or drugs. And what, using the, the lounge, is it gives the person access to a power that already exists inside them. It's this authentic inner strength and power that we have at the moment we're conceived, we have it at the moment we're born, and then we go through this thing called life, and we get disconnected from the power. So I, there are three very simple sources based on the way that we're designed as human beings, that help us to reconnect with that power. And one is our breath. I go to the gym, I work out, I come out, I feel great. Why? Your adrenaline levels are up, my dopamine levels are up, my endorphin levels are up. How does that happen? Deep breath. So while I have the person on the lounge, we do some deep breathing. And the basic theme that I work with is that for an alcoholic, an addict, for anybody on the planet, really, that we are our own best drug dealers. We have a pharmacy inside us, and what we simply need is the tools to produce the drugs in the pharmacy. So one of them is our breath. So during the course of the session, a guidance through some breathing exercises, and then the power of our imagination. The words we use, the images we create, the beliefs that we have have such incredible power, and it's been documented, as you know, millions of times in the medical field with placebos. Uh, in the Bible, when Christ would heal people, and they would come back and say, thank you for healing me, he always said the same thing. It wasn't me. It was you. It was your belief that did it. And now we can also verify that with quantum physics. They come to the same conclusion. The power of the imagination is awesome. So 
what I tell the people I work with is that I don't expect them to believe anything that I say, but they will actually experience the truth of what I say by getting in touch with the power of their breath, the power of their imagination, and with the power of the imagination on my book, it has the cover of the phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm-hmm. And the phoenix that's consumed by fire rises from those ashes. We, so many of the people on this planet here, get consumed by addiction, but we have this power inside it, and we have lost the connection to it. Yeah. And one of the great values that the lounge has is it just it brings us back to that connection, to that part of ourselves. So with the lounge, I incorporate the breath, the imagination, and then I also use a company called HeartMath. And what HeartMath yes. has discovered is that over 25 years research that the heart also produces wonderful natural drugs, but it only does that when we focus on positive feelings, hope, gratitude, appreciation, joy. So in the course of a session using the lounge, they get in touch with the power of their breath, power of their imagination, and the power of their heart. And at the time that they come into the session, I have the patient check off how they feel on a scale of 1 to 10. And the first time that I meet with them, they're anxious, they're depressed, they got pain issues, uh, they're dealing with some resentment. And they're usually between 7 and 10. And I would say that literally 90% of the time, at the end of the session, they're at zero. So what they, it is such an empowering experience using the lounge because what they discover is that they can create their own mood-altering experience. And once you learn how to do that, you don't need alcohol or drugs to do that. You can do it all on your own using these three simple tools. And if you incorporate the lounge with it, you have one powerful combination there. That was a lot at one time. Any questions? Well, no, it's a lot at one time, but it's really, really important. And the reason that it's important is, you know, just to, just to remind everybody for a minute here that, you know, you all have heard uh, Dr. Dan and I uh, chat about the lounge and we call it the lounge i call it the chair um we call it technology but there's something that has been built and today's show is about addiction what are the key issues what are the treatment and the soul tech lounge what is it that jack and dan have put together that bring us back and if i could let's just chat about this for a minute let's bring us back to the origins of and how should i say it in any other word let's just talk it about recovery and let's talk about the 12-step programs and bring it back to the origin of this if you go back to the origin of this you will find something brilliant jack in what you said and that is as far back as you can go earlier than bill wilson way earlier than that in fact you will find a gentleman called Dr. Carl Jung. And what Dr. Carl Jung did way back, that wasn't acknowledged until 1961, a letter between Bill Wilson and Carl Jung. What Jung did, Jung, Jung, whatever you want to call it, what he did was he worked, as you just said, right here, right? He worked with alcoholics, one alcoholic in particular, who is known as Rollin H. And he worked very hard with all of the psychological stuff that he had. And you know what I love about what you're saying, Jack, uh, Jack, on our show today, is that the thing that Jung then said later is, I could not do all I wanted to do. And he was talking about the spiritual aspect uh, of his work. 
because he was so criticized about it. And he sent this guy off. And, and his words in the letter are spiritus contra spiritum. And he sends this guy off and he says, you got to go off and you got to have a spiritual awakening. Boom. There it is. But somehow along the way, Jack, we have sort of forgotten the origins of this in some strange way, I believe. And I'm not just talking about a 12-step program. I'm just talking about addiction and recovery all over the world. And what you have done with Dr. Dan is you have created a, a sense, an environment, a way so that this connection can be made. It, it, in some of the most difficult and horrific scenarios because when there is the craving right whether it's the craving whether it's road rage you know whatever it is whatever that thing is it may take an extraordinary process like the one you've just described to even get back to a state of receiving and i and and correct me if i'm wrong but that's really part of what you both have created is what I consider to be a portal for allowing this level of healing and connection uh, to occur again. And, and I would core. love for you to talk more about that. Uh, it's interesting that you brought up Dr. Carl Jung. So yeah. when Roland went back yeah. to the States, he relapsed. I, I, I don't think he yeah. made it back to the States before he relapsed. Not, no, and he came no. back to Carl Jung and said, you know, can you help me? Yeah. And he said, no. There is nothing that I can do to help you, people like you. Nothing yeah. I can do. He says, absolutely nothing. He said, well, over the centuries, people have had what I call vital spiritual experiences. <laughs> and that's what I've been trying to create in you, but was not successful in doing that. And he described, he defined the vital spiritual experience as huge emotional replacement and rearrangement. And that is what happens with the lounge. Yep. That is what happens when you get in touch with the power of your breath, the power of your imagination, the power of your heart. These huge emotional uh, changes take place, going from fear to courage, going from anger to peace, going from resentment to forgiveness. And that is just like when you come to the third step where it says, you know, you make a decision to turn our will and our lives yeah. over the care of God as we understand him. Well, what is it that we're asked to turn over? Well, we're asked to turn over, and that step is our fears, our anger, our resentment, our self-pity, <laughs> our lust, our self-hatred. And in exchange for that, we get filled with the, with the opposite, so long as we do the work. And this is where meditation comes in. And if you take a look at some of Bill Wilson's writings, what he said as, as time went on was that, that no alcoholic will ever achieve the permanent sobriety without undergoing a personality change. Yeah. And that involves these changing the way we think, changing the way we feel, changing the way we act. And that, the tools that Dan and I are using, create that experience for the people that we're working with, changing the way they think, changing the way they feel, changing the way that they act. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting that we're talking about this now because um, I, I, I don't think... Any, anybody listening to the show is fully aware of how recovery now is mentioned in the press so often in so many different ways. Everything from the latest film that's out about it to uh, traditional 
uh, uh, spiritual communities, religious communities saying, listen, we've got this angle of it covered. Come work with us. Let's do it this way. And, you know, I don't think you I don't think we're here to make a judgment about one thing or the other. I think we're here to say, wait a minute, we are in an epidemic right now. We have got an epidemic going on right now. And there isn't any propaganda that's out on the war on drugs that has ever even imagined the degree to which this epidemic is taken hold. And I think, Jack, that is really the change in the conversation today is we're not talking about, you know, a group of alcoholics sitting around in, 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 in Akron or New York and reaching out and helping each other and, and pulling people from hospitals. We're talking about an epidemic that has so far gone in existence to the fact that your cell phone has a list of contacts that you have. And, oh, my God. You can have delivery, and that is the world we're living in. And that's why, you know, today we are talking about an approach and a technique that you and Dr. Dan have put together brilliantly to do exactly what you said is required. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, what is it again? And remind everybody, when we're talking about the epidemic of addiction, whether you want to talk about drugs or you want to talk about alcohol, we're talking about epidemic. We're talking also about suicide rates. We're talking about prescription drug addiction. We're talking about a, a, a treatment industry that it's a 90% failure rate. And we're talking about the business of recovery that completely, completely ignores the kind of beautiful integration that Jack and Dan are talking about. We'll be right back. The doctor is in. Tune in to the hit show, The Psychic Love Doctor, with host Deborah Lee. Deborah's life affirming, highly perceptive reading method has taught Deborah how to zero in on specific problems with relationships, career pursuits, and current roadblocks to success and happiness. Join Deborah Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific and for a special broadcast the second Thursday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Are you anxious, worried, or insecure? Hi, I'm Dr. Friedman Schaub. I'm the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution. Join me for my next breakthrough video seminar, which starts on September 10th. This program has helped thousands of people worldwide to overcome their struggles with anxiety, and I'm certain it can also help you. 
If you're ready to be free again and have a stronger foundation of inner peace and confidence, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an energetic upgrade online experience. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit energeticupgrade.com today for more information. That's energeticupgrade.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. And before we, uh, before, before Jack and I get going here, uh, Dr. Dan, you know, we have talked about Soltech technology before, but I want to just take a moment and, and just, you know, ask that you please let us uh, know and let the audience know how they can find out more about this. And what I would like to encourage people to do is when you look at the technology, this is something you want to pass on to a practitioner. I mean, we have shared many stories of what the potentiality is of healing. And all of us really now know that there is this energy life force, especially now the science is coming out about it and the research is coming out about it, about what facilitates healing. You know, what are the stories of people that you hear now that are getting well as opposed to those that are not? What is it that they have in common, right? We call it in the research field a meta-analysis. But today we're talking about something very specific. Dan, I know you're there. I know you've been listening here to the show. And what Mm -hmm. I would love for you to do is let's give people some information and let them know how they can find out more. And then um, as well, I think it's important too. Um, there probably are going to be a lot of questions, Jack, for you. So it'd be important for both y'all to, uh, you know, tell folks how they can find out more. Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, um, the, the easiest way to learn more about uh, the Soltech Lounge is simply to Google Soltech Lounge, and that'll take you to a number of websites out there that uh, describe it. And you'll probably come to Tools to Awaken uh, dot com. But but the easiest thing is just Google Soltech lounge, S-O-L-T-E-C, and then lounge. Um, and in terms of, you know, what you were talking about, Pat, uh, regarding, you know, that, that meta-analysis, so to speak, um, now there, it's really interesting as a physician when I look at people who have responded 
to this technology. There's the general group that have stress as a problem. And, you know, not surprisingly, 66% of doctors' office visits are due to stress and stress-related illnesses. And one of the things that the Soltech Lounge does is that it induces profound levels of relaxation that literally transition over time into deep meditative states. And as people use this, they learn what it feels like to be profoundly relaxed, and they start to experience what Jack has been talking about in terms of spiritual experiences, because the, the various forms of stimulation that we use, the synchronized sound vibration and magnetic field, literally induce these states so that the, the subject doesn't have to work at it. You know, all they have to do is allow for it. And, and Jack was alluding to, you know, a number of attitudes that, you know, people, you know, have to sort of develop if they don't already have it in terms of their recovery. And, and so much of that relates to I will allow these things to happen in terms of my connectedness with God or Source or whatever word you want to use. And it's that allowance and that welcoming that is all that is required. It's an invitation, and that invitation is always accepted by Source. So, you know, we find that with people using the lounge, that if they walk into it with that attitude, that's when they have this uh, deepening of spiritual experience that, that, again, with repeat use, gets better and better and better. And that's what I think Jack has seen in, in his practice with this technology. Yeah. And, you know, this is really part of, of the conversation that goes on and on and on about what you've learned, Jack, and what you see. I mean, you know, before the break, what I was talking about is that, you know, we are in a state now that we can't even identify a real term for it anymore. Uh, epidemic is is really kind of putting it mildly because it's like an octopus that has so many tentacles on it right now, you know, that it's hard to really have people that are, quote, in the decision-making realm of this, you know, wrap their arms around. I mean, even recently, Jack, we're talking about there not even being insurance money that, you know, can pay for recovery, Right. I mean, so, you know, this is a world and a battle that has been going on for quite some time. And yet here we are faced with a technology that provides a solution and, you know, being out in the world on a mission to try to get some attention on this. And and I guess, you know, for me, my question to you, Jack, is this has got to be, again, one of the most hopeful aspects of what you do, but also it's got to be one of the most challenging because, you know, you're out in the world, literally feet on the ground, changing lives. What is the greatest challenge that you're seeing that people are facing today with addiction, uh, with obsession, with recovery and with the systems? That's a big question, but you know, it's all yours. Take it away. I think part of the, the huge part of the problem is recovery itself. Um, again, going back to the truth that, that we find in our recovery literature have been replaced with these myths. So when you take a look at the steps, 
you know, you were talking about going back in time, like before Bill Wilson. We can go back to Buddha. Buddha said if you want to be happy, joyous, and free, two things have to happen. Number one, you have to stop creating suffering in your life and the lives of the people you say you love. And then after you do that, then spend the rest of your life doing something to help alleviate the suffering of other people on the planet. And that sums up what the 12 steps are. The question is, how do we stop creating suffering in our lives and the lives of people that we say we love? And what the, the solution found by the original members of AA was a spiritual solution, which involved helping other alcoholics and taking time. If you read through the book Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you discover, uh, I wouldn't say quickly, you have to connect the dots, they meditated every day. It was the members of AA. It was like brushing your teeth in the morning for them. So when you take a look at when people go to meetings and they say that the steps should be taken in order, well, step 11 is meditation. That's a long way down the pike. So by the time they get to step 11, they've gone to seven or eight treatment centers or they're dead. Yeah. If you look up the word sober in the dictionary, it has two parts. A is not drunk or high. So what has happened over the years is that the solution found by the richer members of AA was that our sobriety is contingent on the growth and maintenance of a spiritual experience. And that, how do you grow and maintain a spiritual experience? And that's where steps 10, 11, and 12 come in. A daily inventory, prayer meditation, helping other people. And what has happened is that that solution has been replaced with the meeting solution. Meeting, makers, make it. So as so long as you go to a lot of meetings and you have enough fear that keeps you going to a lot of meetings, there is a very good chance that you will not pick up a drink or a drug. I did that for 20 years. And it took me my 21st year to realize that for 20 years, I thought that this program, the 12 Steps, was about me not picking up a drink or a drug. And what I discovered going through a horrendous experience in my life uh, in my 21st year of sobriety was that the program is not about me. It is about us. It is about us supporting each other, encouraging each other to keep doing the things that we need to do to be free. So, again, if you take a look at the definition of the word sober, A is simply not drunk or high. And the second part of the definition of the word sober is well-balanced, realistic, sensible, dignified, rational, not driven to extremes and emotional thought. And one does not get that by simply not drinking and using drugs, one gets that by reconnecting to this power, that we, this authentic inner strength and power that we have inside us. But again, the message has become so diluted that when somebody comes into recovery, if they have an issue with God, somebody in the room is going to say, that's not a problem. You can use a chair or a doorknob as your higher power. This program is supposed to restore us to sanity, not put us deeper into insanity. It's very, a very simple concept. If somebody had a problem with God, what the original members of AA told them was, hey, use the group as a higher power, mm-hmm. because the group has power. Unconditional love, the day that you walk in the door, structure, organization, acceptance. Use nature as a higher power. So the message that these people are getting who are coming in new are that, you can use a chair or a doorknob, which certainly is a power less than ourselves. So the message has just become so diluted, and we're getting the results of that. So a huge part of the problem is what has happened to the 12-step program and with the addiction industry itself, 
the they're all for the most part most most of the treatment centers are twelve step program. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask, and I have, I've asked hundreds of people this question. It says that the, the book Alcoholics Anonymous, can, the solution they found, can be summed up in one sentence: when the spiritual malady is overcome, yep, straighten out mentally and physically. First of all, most people don't know what the word malady means. Right. And then I ask, when I explain the malady is just an illness, like, well, what is, can you tell me what the spiritual malady is? And I get this blank stare, or uh, it's, it's a disconnection from God. And the spiritual malady, where that statement is made in the, in the, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, is followed immediately by resentment, is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. So it goes right back to what the Carl Jung said. We have to have to become free from the slavery of addiction, this huge emotional displacement rearrangement. And when you look at the, the role that these destructive emotions had and have on our alcoholics and addicts, as it was explained in the big book, fear. It was an evil and corroding thread, the whole fabric of our lives. It got through it. So it's these destructive emotions that we get so consumed with ourselves and we lose that connection to that authentic inner strength and power that we have inside us. And what Dan has done, what the, what the lounge does is it meditates you. It puts you into that state. But the, the thing is that when people leave treatment, most of them don't leave with the lounge. So when they don't leave with the lounge, yeah. that's why I teach them these very powerful tools using the power of their breath, the power of their imagination, and I have them burn into their consciousness the, the message that's on the cover of my book, that we can and do rise, like the phoenix, from the slavery of addiction. Uh, and that's the, that's the face of recovery that Dan and I are trying to create with it. But this, Dan, what Dan has created, this should be in every treatment center in the yes. country. Yeah. Yeah. Not only you know, that. I mean, you know, if we're talking about, you know, how how this works in the world is that there should be people as well, like you're talking about, that are skilled in enabling people to do this. Because, you know, I, I, I look at this in a couple of different ways. I think about Carl Jung and I think about uh, <laughs> and then I think about a couple of other things. It's really a Kickstarter. You know, it's it's something that. Many people struggle so much with in the realm that you and I are talking about. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, somebody once said to me, you know, in talking about this, and by the way, uh, if you look at my family history, my mom was an addict and an alcoholic and committed suicide. And so, you know, this is something that, you know, myself, I've looked at in my life. I just, you know, buried two sisters two years ago. Uh, one of them died with a, a, a needle in her arm, and that was that. Uh, and yet at the same time, the solution is right in front of us here. See this? Solution is right in front of us. And I agree with you. Every addiction center on, uh, in the United States and, and Canada should be calling Dr. Dan right now and saying, we've got to have this technology in here. Now, many, many people say, well, okay, let's talk about this. Well, you know, a lot of these treatment centers are government-funded. Okay, so let's talk about the ones that are not, the ones that it's $80,000 a month to be in. Folks, dial the phone 
because there is something that can change the rate of recovery. And I want to ask you about this in the, in the last couple of minutes we have here. Some people say there's nothing that's going to change the rate of recovery. And I wanted to hear what you have to say about that. What are you finding? What are, what are some of the things that definitely could make a difference here that we're really not wanting to talk about? The things that, that, that we don't want to talk about is the, the solution that the original members of Alcoholics Anonymous found. And they, what it yeah. is is this. Because you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Mm-hmm. So again, when you take a look at the resources that we have available to us as human beings that do not work with addiction, love, we have for our families, doesn't stop us from drinking, the ability to reason, losing careers, jobs, etc. Religion, without the wick, without the spirituality, Self-knowledge doesn't work. So we have these very powerful human resources, but they just don't work with addiction. So we need something beyond that, a power greater than ourselves. And the power greater than ourselves, the way that we're designed as human beings, is right inside us. And we have the power at the moment that we're born. We have the power uh, at the moment that we're conceived, and then we go through this thing called life, and we lose the, the connection to it. The other thing is that the therapy that I'm using here, the treatment centers I work with, they bill for it and insurance pays for it, so there is absolutely no reason why this should not be in every treatment center in the country. Yeah. Um, you know, no, Dr. Go ahead, Pat, Dan. There's, there's something here that I think is really important. When, when we talk about a connection to God and spiritual experience, we're we're not talking about something that is abstract. And I, and I think for a long time, people consider this as, wait a minute, this is stuff that's in the Bible, this is the province of priests and religion. And, and these are just words and concepts, but, you know, how do I know this is real? And that's the work we did over the past 20 years. Now, the reason we went to, we added magnetic stimulation was we... We're working with a number of experts that have the ability to perceive the human energy system, and that is our connection to God. And when we look at people like addicts and people that are not doing well, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, their level of integration, that energy with the body, is quite Mm. poor. And we learned that with the stimulation that we have with the Soltec Lounge, we could literally cause that stimulation or cause that integration to happen. That's what it does. I mean, this is not, this is not some sort of magic, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally, there are people out there, and I think your audience recognizes this, that have perceptive capabilities that, that can actually perceive these energetic changes. And we've been able to use a number of these people in the creation of this technology. And so what we see is the spiritual connection that, that experience that results from that, that feeling of connectedness to more than yourself, happens as a result of the stimulation in the Soltec Lounge. And, and it, was, it was no magic. I mean, when, when we saw the, when these people view these energetic changes due to the stimulation, then all of a sudden the, the subjects in the lounge say, yeah, this is, this is why this, I feel better. I mean, that's the direct correlation, and that's what Jack has seen over yeah. the years, and that's what many others have seen. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is really why we're having this conversation, because, you know, when we're stopping here for a minute, and let's do this, is 
there's something that has been really interesting that has happened worldwide with the 12-step programs and addiction. And one of the things that I think has happened, Jack, and I'd like you to talk about this for a second if you could, I think that there is the conversation and the misunderstanding about what anonymity means. And I think about this for a minute because I think about, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, let's go back in time and let's take a look at what these guys did hopping over into New York, having a big fat chat with Roosevelt. And I'm thinking to myself, how did they do that anonymously? And so I I think we have this confusion even within the ranks of different programs about what can be said and what's not. And I want to just say this, Jack, we have more radio shows on addiction and recovery on our network than I have seen in a long time. So many so that in our new technology, they want us to launch an entire network dedicated to hundreds of shows on this. And I thought to myself, uh-oh, uh-oh, am I going to be in trouble for that? And I'm just curious about, you know, what you make of that. Anonymity is what you see here, what you say here, stays here. Um, most, of the, most, of, most of the meetings when you go to either Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, you don't even know the guy's name is sitting next to you, his last name. <laughs> And, and, and that's not what the program was meant to be. Uh, and what, what, what happens, what has happened with this anonymity is part of it is just covered over with shame. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody to know that I'm an alcoholic because they're going to judge me or, uh, you know, pass off some kind of a snide remark. They're going to look at me in a different way. And if I don't let people know that I have recovered, then... How am I going to help people that are out there suffering and don't know what to do to recover? So that's not what it meant by anonymity. And Bill Wilson spoke in front of Congress. Um, and at that time, they tried to get, um, and this is in uh, the anonymous people, they have a DVD, and they tried to get you know people who are known alcoholics from the entertainment industry to come out and pick out one, Mercedes-Benz. That's it. One person showed up, and then... Several years later, a bunch of people came out and said, yeah, yeah, we're alcoholics and we have recovered. And again, like you said, the word recovered was used yeah. at that time. It is used throughout the entire book. Yeah. So what, what Dan has attempted to do and what I'm attempted to do is change the face of recovery. And I'll just mention my website if anybody wants please. to check yeah, it out. I, please give that out. It's uh, www.the, and then it's Lazarus, L A. Z-A-R-U-S house, H-O-U-S-E, dot net. One more time. Uh, Lazarus L-A-Z-A-R-U-S, house, dot net. Beautiful. And my book, uh, Radical Recovery, 12 Recovery Myths, The Addiction Survivor's Guide to the 12 Steps, Reviews are available on Amazon. It can be purchased on Amazon at bookstores, etc. Right. And you also gave us another website uh, that I want to just say to people that I've just gotten on. Uh, and also the, you know, the, the anonymous people. You also gave yes. that, correct, earlier. Could you give that again, please? Yeah, just go into Google and put in the anonymous people. And it's, uh, the actual website is www.manyfaces.com. Uh, one o n e voice dot org. 
Okay. You know, I think that what's happening now and, you know, this is really what we're seeing is that for many of us that have lost so many people, so many, I can't even begin. I only mentioned two of my sister, my sisters. I mean, and I have a, I, my, I have another sister that, you know, in 1992 died on the hospital floor. Uh, it has it, gone far beyond looking at guidelines and rules and thinking about what we should not do. I hope that we can change the narrative and get back to what you shared today in the show and get back to the origins that were originally prescribed and say what is working and what do we need to do. And I think this is really, you know, the, the rising up of this. You know, the other thing, Jack, I don't think that you mentioned, I know that my sister talked about quite a bit, was, you know, the, the, the essence of Bill W. And whether or not Bill W. had to have a little, you know, a, a chemical push himself to his own spiritual awakening. But the point is not that or this. The point is that there is something that we can do now. And Dr. Dan Absolutely. and you have happened to figure out a way to get this thing kick-started. If you take a look at it in simple terms, addiction is an energy, it's a force. If we guide it and direct it, it opens up a world of imagination, intuition, creativity, and power. And if we don't guide it and direct it, it destroys us. And what Dan has created with the lounge, it begins that process, opening up that world of imagination, intuition, creativity, and power. The power is inside us. It's the way God made us. It's not in a chair. It's not in a doorknob. But you need to use the tools to wake wake up the power. And that's what this tool does, simply by itself. But then you add in the other simple tools, the breath, the imagination, and what Heartmaster discovered with the power of the heart. Powerful, powerful tools. And they're not being used in the industry. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that the website, uh, Jack's website, is the, T-H-E, Lazarus House. TheLazarusHouse.net, for those of you out there. The book that he's got out there is, and by the way, uh, you can find it just about anywhere, Radical Recovery. But please go ahead and check out his website, Connect with Jack, uh, and let's do something to change things now. Jack, Dan, thank you so much. And I got one little simple question to ask you, Jack. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? You are powerful. Wow, awesome. Thank you we so much, Dan. Thank you again. Dan, give out your website again if you could. Okay, just Google Soltec, S-O-L-T-E-C, Lounge, and you'll get there. Awesome. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. And believe me, we've got more on this topic to come as we move forward. Thank you all so much. I'm Dr. Pat. Go to the drpatshow.com. Go to transformationtalkradio.com. And we'll see you next time.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.